everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to be going over the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-20 to victory over the Indianapolis Colts. This game was a bracket buster for a lot of people, a bad loss for a lot of people. Everybody kind of expected the Colts to run over the Jacksonville Jaguars, that they would, for some reason, just lay down and let the Colts take this from them. And far from it. They were definitely feisty today. They had a lot fresher ideas on offense that we'll talk about. We'll take a look at the backfield as well as the wide receivers. We'll take a look at what happened to Phillip Rivers today. What should you make of the Indianapolis backfield and uh, which pass catchers you should look at for Indianapolis as well. I like to start with the winning team. Let's start with the Jacksonville offensive line. It's a group that they had – pretty much as a whole last year. Brandon Linder at the center is solid. They brought in Andrew Norwell last year in a, on a big deal. A.J. Can can be solid at times, but it, yeah, if not spectacular. Same thing with Cam Robinson. He uh, They drafted him last year. And then Jawan Taylor is someone they drafted last year as well. So there's a little bit more continuity than some of the lines out there. And it showed today they were able to run the ball on the Colts. The Colts front seven is probably their best part of their unit. They traded a first round pick for DeForest Buckner. They have Leonard back. He was he got hurt in the middle of last year. They signed Justin Houston last year to rest the passer. Really it's a unspectacular unit as a whole, the Indianapolis defense. It's gonna be a unit that you're gonna want to target for your wide receivers, that you're gonna want to target probably for your running backs too because Phillip Rivers may end up giving the ball back to you in prime situations. I like the way that Jacksonville attacked them, and it showed that they weren't capable of overcoming too much Phillip Rivers turnover, not to spoil what, was, what, what happened with Phillip Rivers. We'll get into that later. Let's move on to Gardner Minshew. Gardner really – Supported his value today with a very small amount of rushing, five for 19. So that was two points, never hurts anything. But really, it was the touchdowns from a receiving standpoint that really got him going. He was 19 for 20 passing, very accurate on the day. Seemed like he'd been in the weight room, seemed a little bit more substantial, and it led to him having a little bit more fastball. Only issue with this team overall was that they didn't sustain drives very well. The main thing was they were pressured in the passing game. Even though Gardner was 19 for 20, it seemed like on a bunch of critical third downs, he was hit and it caused them to not be able to score as many points as they possibly could have. The way they really scored the points today was off of Phillip Rivers turnovers, allowing them to have a short field, and then they capitalized. There's a lot of missed coverages on one of the touchdowns, Keenan Cole was standing wide-ass open in the end zone after cutting across the field, and it was devastating for them because they were doing a decent job of bottling them up, but it just, you know, with the lapses in coverage and with you know DJ Chark having a nice touchdown, it was more than they could handle. Probably didn't draft Gardner Minshew as your number one quarterback unless you took the number one pick challenge and got your free case of whatever beer he was shilling this, uh, this off season, but still it was 
if you have him as your quarterback three in a best ball league, you should be feel good about that. Absolutely. And if you have him as your quarterback two, maybe, or if you're having to count on him as such, you're probably going to be all right. It's not an optimal situation. He's probably better off being a, a streamer option, but he's going to have bigger days than this. The passing yards as well as the offensive plays were down because of the Indianapolis attack and just because of the, the non-sustained drives. They actually only had 50 plays overall. You can kind of take some of the numbers with a grain of salt that they will have bigger passing totals and running totals likely. There'll probably be a lot more games where they're playing catch-up too, so those will inflate the passing numbers on a given day. So Gardner Minshew – Looked strong. I don't think anybody, when they were looking at it, really took into account that he might get better. You know, he was just a rookie. I think everybody kind of said, okay, he is who he is. He's not going to be any good ever. And you know what? The guy looked like he improved. I was very encouraged by what I saw, despite the lower numbers. I mean, the touchdowns certainly brought it to a respectable level. When you don't have as many passing yards, you know, it's going to hamper a little bit of the production from a fantasy standpoint. But the guys that mattered scored touchdowns, really. And, and showed what they could do. So I'm, I'm bullish on the Jaguars, especially when there's going to be so many garbage time times for them. I think they're going to be, you know, despite winning this game and despite being way more frisky than anyone could have thought, I do think there's going to be times where they struggle and then they're coming back and they're having to throw a lot more. And Gardner, Gardner just needs to throw more than 20 times. It's just as simple as that for him to really, you know, support the rest of the options on the offense. So to summarize, we're buying Gardner Minshew as a quarterback three, hopefully. Maybe a quarterback two in your two quarterback leagues. And especially if you draft him in your best ball, he was one of the bossier third quarterback options available in that format. Moving on to the wide receivers. The number one drafted Jaguar, no doubt, DJ Chark. You know, he caught the touchdown early. He only had the three targets for 25 yards. And that was the biggest problem with all the different options for the Jacksonville offense is that Gardner did do a good job of moving the ball around to all the different options. And they all kind of rotated in and played around. And it was just – it kind of led to nobody really showing out and having a dominant day, which is fine. But at the same time, I wish there had been more – or well, I, I wish there had been less spread around so that more could have been done by DJ Chark or Leviscus, et cetera. You know, when Colin Johnson, when Chris Conley, Keenan Cole are all stealing snaps from Leviscus and DJ, which I see them as being the two main options for the offense. Obviously, DJ, especially Leviska, he was all over the field. They were using him. They were trying to get eyes on him because he is explosive. He looked healthy. I think that's why he slipped because he was, just wasn't healthy during the draft process, which was unfortunate. But, you know, that was fortunate for the Jags because they were able to get him in the second round. Add that to DJ Chark. Didn't see D.D. Westbrook much. I mean, you guys got to think this is going to be a unit that's going to have better days. And I think a little consolidation over, you know, people are going to get injured. So they're going to consolidate some of those targets and there's just going to be more targets to be had on a given day. Like I said, on Gardner, the amount of times he threw was stunted by the way the game went and by the opponent. Indianapolis opponents, even though the defense isn't that good, they run you run, you run so much fewer plays because the offense is running the ball consistently and moving the ball. Then that's a problem for the play count 
less plays equals less stats, et cetera. So it looks like your, your guy didn't play all that well, even though DJ Chark was just fine. He was fast. So I, I don't worry about him at all. As a matter of fact, you may see if somebody looked at the passing yards and said, okay, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe somebody wants to sell. I'd be on board with that. A guy that's 6'4", 198, and runs a 4'3", I'm on board with that all the time. There aren't any really other options I would consider. Not Tyler Eifert, not Keenan Cole, even though he had some catches. So I would be off of the bandwagon on all of those. Despite what I said about Gardner and more pass attempts and him being accurate and maybe looking better, I'm still just DJ Chark at this point. You might be stashing Chenault. He may have a bigger role going forward. So I'd be on board with that too. Just need to see more of him, maybe, you know, keep his snap count. Hopefully they saw the, saw the film and they like what they saw until they'll keep his snap count up. This was a very short conversation only as far as who was in charge, who was in charge of this backfield, who was the man, his name, James Robinson. He probably wasn't drafted. He might have been drafted by somebody savvy that heard he was the starter. And there was a reason. Although he's not particularly fast, he isn't slow either. He has plenty of speed for a guy that's 5'10", 220. That's bigger for a back in the NFL, and it showed. And when you can run with a certain amount of speed with that power, it goes together well. He was breaking through arm tackles. He was running with authority. And I liked it. I liked what I saw from him. And I would definitely be in on him going forward just because mainly he's probably free. So if you can get to him at the waiver wire, that's what you want to do. Um, otherwise, if he's, t- if he's cheap in a trade, maybe somebody doesn't believe. I would try to get in on that. You know, try to get maybe somebody that is at the very end of your bench that showed something or maybe there was high promise at the end. I would be looking at James as a running back if that's what I needed. Absolutely. The main thing is that he got all the carries and there's going to be days where there's more carries. There's going to be days where there's a touchdown to be had. He's probably, he's the goal line back too. Even though the goal line attempts might be fewer and far between than some teams, he will absolutely have more than he had today. And he, I think he'll convert some of those. So I'm absolutely on the James Robinson train. If you can get to him before everybody kind of sees what's what I would, I would definitely be on board with that. I need to see more, obviously, but – and I'm not selling anybody that, you know, I drafted in the first four rounds or, you know, anything like that. Still, it was very encouraging, and I don't think it was fluky because they still have Leonard and they still have DeForest Buckner on the defense, so they can they can shut down. Leonard's capable of shutting down a running game on his own at some t- points. For them to be able to run the ball successfully was kind of surprising. Like I said, it, what I was talking about the line, I think there's some continuity there. So that helped. So it, it was a way friskier team overall than you would have thought. And I think anybody that thought that Jacksonville was just going to lay down was sadly mistaken. I think they think they have something in Gardner here and they're going to ride out that really, really low budget contract and see where it goes. What's wrong with that? Why not try to spread things around, take some time to get your weapons together and really go for it when you can. Let's switch sides to the Indianapolis offense versus the Jacksonville defense. We're talking about Indianapolis. I think the centerpiece of the offense is obviously the offensive line. Quentin Nelson, Costanzo, though the big names. They drafted Ryan Kelly. 
he was the only one in the line that probably had a mediocre day. You know, the other two aren't as big a names, Bukowski and Smith, but they had fine days as well. You know, really, Nelson is the star still, and he had the best day, I would say. He was, he was still running over people. It wasn't like the running game dominated necessarily. It was more Phillip Rivers moving the ball around than that. But this is a quality line. Anybody who's running behind it is probably going to have opportunities to, to really break off some runs. So that, that has continued. We'll see how it looks against another team because Jacksonville's front is not their strength. I'd just like to see it against another team besides Jacksonville before I declare them all the way whole, just like last year. Lines can be like a closer in baseball. Year to year might not match up with the the long term. You know, not everybody's Mariano Rivera. That's why he is so great as he was so great for so long. Sorry to get a weird baseball take in there. When you're talking about the Jacksonville defense, it's an up and down unit, really. They have some people that played great. They have some people that didn't didn't play so great. I think the front seven is going to be the issue probably for them. It's not a particularly strong unit. You know, they traded away Yannick Ngakwe. They they still have Josh Allen, but he's not a particularly strong, you know, run stopper either. Their strength is probably their secondary they drafted C.J. Henderson. He, was, uh, he had a strong, strong day out there, so that was part of it as far as shutting them down. He had a strong day. T.Y. got loose a bit, but it's more likely that that was on D.J. Hayden on the other side than it was Henderson because he struggled. It was one side did great, one side did not. They kind of picked on D.J. Hayden a bit. Hopefully for them they can find somebody opposite of him. Uh, opposite of C.J. Henderson or maybe D.J. Hayden picks his play up. There was a reason that he was able to leave the Raiders so easily, even though the Raiders kind of jettisoned a lot of people. Don't forget they also traded Calais Campbell. That hurts their beef up front. So when you're thinking about this unit, you want to consider that. Overall, I don't think it's a defense you were targeting anyway, but it's stronger on the boundaries, I guess, than you might have thought. Well, I want to see more of C.J. Henderson to see if he can keep it going. If he can keep it going, that'll kind of throw things off as far as targeting the Jacksonville defense. I think it could be one to target with the softer up front. This game swung on Phillip Rivers. At times, he looked great. At times, he looked washed up. It's a tale of two Phillips, if you will. 363 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He threw a couple more interceptable balls, it felt like, than that. When I saw that there was only two interceptions, I was like, ooh, he was worse than that. So I'm not sure why it felt that way exactly. I think if I was going to put my finger on it, or at least try to, I think Phillip still thinks he is 25-year-old Phillip Rivers. And he doesn't quite have the fastball that he used to. And doesn't quite is being kind. He does not have the fastball he used to. And if he played within that, it would be one thing. Because he has plenty of arm left. He still gets the ball out. He's smart. He's accurate when he throws the ball. And there's a reason that he was able to complete 36 passes. But the decisions he made, the 
classic Philip Rivers trying to fit it into places he couldn't. That was still all on the table and was not encouraged by that. I was expect I was hoping for a resurgence, but it does seem like the fastball might be lost. So if when that's the case, there's throws you can't make. Those throws you used to make are intercepted like you saw today. And that's where a lot of the Jacksonville points came from. One of those interceptions will need Phillip to play more within himself. But from a fantasy standpoint, you want to see him airing it out. And he definitely did that. So 363 yards, that's where you, that's where you want him to be. You just want him to be more careful with the ball and maybe, you know, throw a couple of more touchdowns. He's got weapons. They're not bereft of weapons in the pass catching department, but it's just the CJ Anderson shut down T.Y. for part of the day, really shut down his side. Well, look, well, like I said, we need to see more from C.J. We need to see more from Phillip. I don't think you were trying to target Phillip Rivers as your quarterback one anyway, so you're probably fine. If he's your quarterback two in two quarterback leagues, I think you're still going to be all right. He's, he's pretty good at staying healthy. He's going to have to throw the ball, and he has quality weapons as offense – Gives him time to throw to the the quality line is going to extend him a bit further than he should go. So I'd be okay with him. It's just you don't want him anywhere near your quarterback one. He's probably better off being a really good quarterback three in a best ball or a two quarterback league. We'll hope he improves on that. He did throw the ball 46 times and have 363 yards, which led for plenty of passing yards for the pass catchers. The only thing is he spread those yards around to nine different people had over two receptions. It led to lackluster days by everyone on the pass catching unit. Uh, When we're talking about the pass catching, catching unit, it's also interesting to be able to pare that down to three people. The ones that you would want to have is T Y Hilton, Paris Campbell and Jack Doyle. Moali Cox, was there and caught a couple of passes. So did Zach Pascal and Michael Pittman Jr., the rookie. But really, the other three were the main event. All three of them played above 54 snaps. The other three were mixed in periodically to the other parts of the game. Those are the three you really want to target. Mally Cox may actually get something when – and if Jack Doyle goes down. So that is something to think about, especially as a super cheap DFS option. I might be able to look at that should Jack Doyle goes down. Because Philip Rivers loves his tight ends, and he also loves his backs too. So that was another thing that kind of led to the wide receivers not getting as many catches as they normally would. And that may lead to good things for the running backs, which we'll get into in a minute. But let's finish, you know, T.Y., four for 53. You know, with Paris Campbell, 71 yards. He did. He was explosive. He was fast out there. He seemed like he was catching the ball pretty well. I'd be on board with him as a wide receiver four. I think Phillip can support two wide receivers at a given time. But one thing you got to look out for is if they get on a roll running the ball, that's all they're going to do. So there could be days where they're going to hide Phillip Rivers a little bit more than this. But with that defense, I feel like there's going to be plenty of passing opportunities here. So I think I might like Paris more as a matchup play and a streamer. But 
still, I think I'd be okay with him being on your bench. Absolutely, I, I'd like that. So go with that. Jack Doyle, I don't know if that's a sustainable situation. Phillip does love his tight ends. He didn't look especially explosive, and they're going to play Cox. So I don't know if I'd be targeting him if I had somebody struggle. He's probably a good uh, bye week option at this point, but I don't know if I'd be trying to have him on my bench. I'd hope he was a streamer option when I had to stream somebody. So up and down day, we'll hope to see some consolidated catches and consolidated targets for the top options. I think there'll be better days ahead for both of those guys, especially when for T.Y. just seemed like he was covered up a good bit of the day. Let's switch to the Indianapolis running backs. It was a tough day for them. I think in their heart of hearts, they had every intention of Marlon back being a number one back this year. I think that without this injury, I think he really would have returned value for those that drafted him where they drafted him because he was going much, much, much later than Jonathan Taylor. Taylor was going kind of in the fourth and fifth round, like he was an established guy already. And when you drafted him in the fourth and fifth round, you were drafting him based on the talent, which is absolutely there. Just It's just by the time he got in there and they had the ball, they were not running it very strong. He will have bigger days on the ground from here forward, so I'm definitely looking at him to have bigger things. He did really get a lot of his value today from the receptions he had. He showed he could catch the ball just fine. Six receptions, 67 yards. If he can keep that up, with improved rushing totals behind this line and really get those beginning rushing rushes by the offense when they're trying to establish the run, when they're trying to establish their dominance in the very beginning. Those touches are huge for an Indianapolis Colts running back, and he will be getting those. So if he can get in there and establish something, I think that could be a big boon to his value. So I think anybody that drafted him is probably not going to move off of him at this point, but maybe you can get in before there's bigger things right now. Cause I do see bigger things for him. I wish, I wish those people that drafted him in the fourth round would have had to waited longer. Cause it feels like they're getting a lot a fourth round lottery ticket first week. Felt like that's what they were drafting because I absolutely believe they had every intention of easing Jonathan Taylor in and using Marlon Mack as a feature back. But instead, it will be a combination of Jonathan Taylor, which I'm still not buying at a fourth-round value because of Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines is the Austin Eckler. Jonathan Taylor is the Melvin Gordon. That's what you want to think. Think Chargers when you're thinking the running backs because Naheem Hines is going to get the targets. And guess what Phillip Rivers loves to target without his fastball? It's the running back, eight catches, 45 yards, the question is how they'll split it up because Jonathan Taylor still had six receptions and he did more with them. The thing is, they weren't afraid to run Naheem Hines either. You know, he got carries earlier and he actually ended up having seven carries for 28 yards in the touchdown. He actually vultured that from Marlon Mack early and then ended up playing strong throughout. He looked bigger. It looked like he'd hit the weight room a bit, which is exactly what he needed to do. So kudos to him for looking stronger and looking like he looked and the more you look like you can carry the load, the more they will let you carry the load, sir. So keep that up. Absolutely stay in the weight room for you because you you looked smallish last year when you were out there. And this time it wasn't as noticeable. Well, that was the Indianapolis Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I hope you didn't pick Indianapolis first 
in your eliminator pool because you've now been eliminated. Everybody was all over them to start the year because they thought Jacksonville was terrible. I think they're friskier than that. I think we'll see more from them. I don't think the Colts are good by any stretch either, but I think they're better than they showed on this day. So we'll see more from them as well, and we'll see how everything shakes out. I hope this information was helpful. I hope you're able to take it out there, use it, and win your league. I hope you have a great day.